Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Penn State 365 Podcast. My name is Doug Callen Crowley, beat writer and recruit analyst here at Indian Nation of the Rivals Network. Uh, we are in for a uh, interesting episode here today. We actually did record an episode with myself, Anthony, and Marty, but uh, some technical difficulties have uh, made that episode hard to produce and uh, get out to you guys. So I actually have to call an audible here and record in a completely solo episode of the podcast here today. We'll go over some recruiting tidbits here, uh, quickly talk about the men's basketball team, and then uh, quickly preview Penn State versus Rutgers on Saturday. Not going to be a terribly long episode here today. Uh, just going to go over some of the basics and uh Let's be honest, with Penn State taking on Rutgers this weekend, this is a game that Penn State should take care of business. Uh, I, I don't really see any way the Nittany Lions end up losing this game unless they come out completely flat and uh, never find their footing over four quarters. And while the Rutgers defense is a solid one, I just don't think Rutgers offense would even be able to do enough in that situation. Uh, but yeah, let's get right into it with the recruiting uh, uh, side of things. Um the big news that we covered at the end of last episode was four-star cornerback Daniel Harris announcing uh, that he was decommitted from Georgia. Since then, we have placed future casts in favor of Harris to land at Penn State. Uh, right now, the rivals future cast has uh, him at 60%, 67% uh, towards the Indian lines, uh, and all those future casts have uh, come in since Monday night when he decommitted, uh, all the future cast that remain for Georgia uh, were there uh, prior to who to his commitment to the Bulldogs back in July. Uh, Harris, yeah, we like Penn State's chances here of landing Harris. I know Penn State likes their chances of landing him as well uh, as we had towards the end of the cycle. That being said, you can never count out Georgia. Uh, the Bulldogs obviously have one of the best defenses in the country, one of the best defensive coaching staffs in the country, are putting people in the NFL at a tremendous rate. Uh, now, you could say that Penn State has a great defensive staff themselves, has put plenty of players in the NFL, and as we all know, has one of the best secondaries in the country this year, uh, which I all do think helps. Um, Penn State in Harris's recruitment. We'll just have to wait and see how this one goes. But I do like where the Nittany Lions stand right now uh, as the time of this recording. Additionally, uh, Penn State offered uh, Florida offensive line transfer Joshua Braun, who appeared in 26 games in three years with the Gators program, made seven starts. He transferred out after two games this year. Uh, and is now looking for his new uh, home to play. Uh, it, it sounds like for Braun, the four contenders right now are Penn State, Michigan, Florida State, and UCF. Uh, Braun already has made an official, not official visit, sorry, has just made a visit to Florida State. You'd like to see the other three schools. UCF right now is one school that is coming off. Uh, coming on very strong in his recruitment, which would make sense. Uh, Orlando is only a two-and-a-half-hour drive from his uh, hometown of Live Oak, Florida. Um, but definitely a, a name to watch here as we head towards the end of the cycle uh, in terms of transfers is Joshua Braun. 
Additionally, Penn State made the cut for four-star quarterback Jaden Bradford on Thursday night. Bradford announced the top four of Penn State, South Carolina, North Carolina State, and Louisville. Uh, this is a recruitment that has definitely gotten a tighter since Bradford left uh, Chaplin, South Carolina, and transferred to IMG Academy down in Florida. Penn State's obviously had success with IMG Academy in the past, both in the 2023 uh, sorry, in the 2022 recruiting cycle and uh, just overall over the James Franklin era. Uh, right now, I think a lot of the, any of the four schools could probably make an argument to be the leader uh, in this recruitment for Bradford. South Carolina obviously probably still feels very good about their chances uh, of bringing home in the hometown kid. Right now, the Rivals Future Cast does have Louisville as a favorite, uh, as the Cardinals received two Future Casts in favor uh, to land Bradford uh, back in June. Um, Penn State's done a great job of Bradford. He's been on campus a couple times over the course of the last two years. Uh, we'll see if he gets back on campus. If this is a recruitment that goes further for Penn State in terms of a timeline, uh, I think that benefits Penn State if, and their chances. But if we're looking at a quicker decision, I think uh, we're most likely looking at one of the uh, other three schools. Uh, and I think South Carolina and North Carolina State may be, in my mind, the two teams right now to beat. But I think Penn State could very well easily be right there at the top if they do make a push for Bradford. Their quarterback recruitment is, uh, right now, Bradford is near that top alongside um uh, Michael Van Buren out of uh, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. Another name that really has emerged in that quarterback uh, big board for Penn State is uh, Savannah, Georgia quarterback Luke Cromenhoke, who is currently committed to Florida State. He committed to Florida State back in March. But Cromenhoke has been a guy that's uh, really over the last couple months, really risen up Penn State's quarterback board. And as somebody I think they really had their eyes on in terms of being the potential quarterback of the 2024 recruiting class. They also brought in Drew Aller in the 2022 recruiting class, and he's supposed to be you know, the, the savior of the program, at least in the eyes of fans. And I'm sure James Franklin and his staff wouldn't mind that either. 2023 recruiting class, they, of course, have Jackson Smollett committed. Uh, but Luke Cromenhoke is uh, one of the names at the top of the board for 2024 alongside uh, the aforementioned Michael Van Buren and, of course, uh, Jaden Bradford. Quarterbacks such as Jaden Davis and Julian Sane were guys that Penn State would have loved to have as part of their class in 2024. But Sane is committed to Alabama, and Davis is definitely trending elsewhere. Um, Penn State's really not a player in that recruitment anymore. Um, I'm not. 100% sure how much they are actively recruiting him, but I, I feel they see the writing on the wall in that recruitment. Davis is currently a Michigan lean as of the time of recording. Finally, the last name to note on uh, the recruiting side of things is a 2023 athlete slash running back, um, Cameron Wallace out of Georgia. He made an official visit to Penn State last weekend. Uh, that official visit went very well uh, by all accounts. Uh, we have an interview with him up on the site following that official visit. Uh, we do like where Penn State stands for Wallace. We believe that they are most likely in the lead for him uh, as we head into the final stretcher of this cycle. Um I would say I'm close to putting in a future cast, but still want to wait out just a little bit longer, see what other visits he schedules, see if anybody else jumps 
into his recruitment here late. Um, but I do like where Penn State stands here. And as long as they continue to push for him and want him, I believe that he will be a ninny lion at the end of the cycle, uh, if I had to make a guess right now. Uh, but I'm going to wait just a little longer to make an official future cast just to wait, just to see, like, again, like I said, whether visits are scheduled and does anybody else jump in here late. Uh, but right now, Penn State sits in a very good spot for Walls. Going over to the men's basketball side of things, Nittany Lions improved a 4 0 on Thursday afternoon with a 73 68 win over Furman uh, as part of the Charleston Classic. They'll now take on Virginia Tech on Friday evening, I believe, at uh, noon. Sorry, Friday at noon, not Friday evening. So and by the time you listen to this podcast, game is probably already underway or even finished, but we'll, of course, update on the men's basketball team once again next uh, week when we record our recap of the Penn State Rutgers game. But Nittany Lions take down Furman 73-68, another game in which the Nittany Lions actually established quite a big lead. They got out to uh, uh, such a big halftime lead of uh, 17 points uh, that many thought Nittany Lions were just going to cruise to victory against a Furman team that is – a favor to win uh, their conference and one of the teams that is expected to get to uh, the, to March Madness uh, this postseason. That being said, any Lions got out to a big lead, but Furman came storm back. G- give credit uh, to Furman for that. They came storming back in this one, got this game all the way down to a one-point lead uh, for Penn State with just minutes to go. But Penn State was able to close it out and, and pull out the victory to survive in another late surge. Um, for Penn State, Jalen Pickett led the way with 20 points on 8 of 11 shooting. Uh, he also had four rebounds and seven assists. Seth Lundy with a strong performance as well, 20 points for him on 6 of 11 shooting, including 3 for 7 from beyond the arc and 5 for 5 at the line. He also had 7 rebounds. Uh, Cameron Winter had 7 points. Andrew Funk had 6 Um Miles Dredd had a nice day off the bench with nine points and four rebounds, uh, as well as uh, Keba Nije, who had three points and one rebound. I apologize if I am pronouncing his name wrong. I will have to get it right down the road at some point. Uh, but it, it was a quality performance for the Nittany Lions, who shot uh, 45.8% for uh, the game, did not shoot as well as they did in the first half and the second. They shot just 35% in the second half after shooting 54% uh, in the first half. From three, they were 11 for 27, so not as great of a day as they've been experiencing, uh, but still a quality shooting percentage from beyond the arc there. Um, and, they continue to show that they are willing to take a large percent of their shots from beyond the arc. Uh, as Michael Shrewsbury said, uh, three points is more than two points, so that does not matter to him as long as you're making your shots. Uh, and the Indian Lions were eight for nine from the line, which, um, you know, you, you got to take advantage of those free throws when you get them. But for Penn State, they're now 4-0 in the season, which is a big, I think, early uh, momentum builder, I guess you could say, just, even beyond just being a general 4-0 start to the season, the Nittany Lions have been taking care of business now. They have wins over Winthrop, Loyal, Maryland, Butler, and Furman. Those last two teams are, are very solid teams, to say the least. Virginia Tech will be a big test for them on Friday afternoon. We'll get a great idea of what the Nittany Lions really are uh, against a, a high-caliber opponent. Um, but 
you're four and zero. You're taking care of your business, which is not what you could say about many teams across the country right now. It's kind of similar to what we saw at the beginning of the season in football. Teams not taking care of their business and therefore, you know, dropping games they shouldn't. There's been a lot of teams that have dropped by games early this season. Uh, and Penn State has yet to drop a game. They've taken care of business against quality opponents in their last two. And against Winthrop and Loyola, Maryland, they, they dominated, which is what you want to see. Uh, if the Nittany Lions are going to go dancing this March, they're going to have to get through this non-conference schedule uh, rather unscathed. They could probably take a loss or two, but you have to beat the opponents you should beat. Because Big Ten play is going to be challenging. They're going to drop their fair share of Big Ten games, but I think they're going to win their fair share as well. So as long as they continue to take care of business here in the non-con part of their schedule, I think the Nittany Lions are going to put themselves in a very good spot to be uh, in the mix for the NCAA tournament come March. Uh, Michael Shrewsbury is doing a phenomenal job with this program since taking over. Uh, and and I, I just think Penn State fans enjoy this level of play from Penn State, whether it's this year, whether it's this month, next month, however long it lasts. Enjoy this level of play. It doesn't come often in Happy Valley. I think it can be more consistent going forward, uh, but a big part of that will be Penn State keeping Michael Shrewsbury in Happy Valley as long as possible. And if he continues to coach like this and get results like this, there's going to be plenty of name, plenty of programs that come calling for him. Uh, so that's going to be something to watch for if Penn State does continue to success this year, maybe in the next year as well, is uh, how, how is Penn State going to manage Michael Shrewsbury, uh, that contract, if they continue to have success? Now, it's probably a little bit too premature to talk about that, but it is definitely something to keep note of because uh, he's done a phenomenal job with this program here over last season and now or early on this season. Again, big test for the Nittany Lions on Friday afternoon against Virginia Tech. All right, let's get into previewing Penn State's game against Rutgers. Uh, Nittany Lions out of this game 8-2 and two on the season, looking for win number 9 of the year. First time they would win 9 or more games since the 2019 season. They, of course, are facing Rutgers. Uh, the Scarlet Knights are 4-6 and six on the year. After starting the season 3-0, and uh, Rutgers has lost 6 out of their last 7 games. Their only win in that span coming against Indiana a few weeks ago. Nittany Lions entering this game are a 19-point favorite. The over-under is in at 45 points. Uh, for Rutgers uh, this year, uh, the story is the defense is solid. The defense was actually pretty good in 2021, uh, if you uh, paid close enough attention. Uh, in 2022, it's been it's been decent again. 25.9 points allowed per game, only allowed 324 yards total per game, including just 134 on the ground. Uh, that being said, the Rutgers offense is among the worst in the country. Uh, just 19.9 points per game, just 308 total yards per game. Uh, so, I mean, like I said at the top, I, I don't see a way that Rutgers truly wins this game just because I, I think even if the defense for the Scarlet Knights has a strong day against the Indian Lions offense, I don't think this this Rutgers offense is going to be able to score um let alone, uh, let's say, uh, fourteen points. Uh, I should fourteen points. Let alone, uh, I think the the twenty something that they would need to win this game. Because I think Penn State's offense is going to get at least to that twenty eight point mark in this game. Penn State historically against Rutgers under James Franklin has kind of played a. Uh, a slower game as they've come out flat a lot. Uh, you look at the scores, not a lot of 
huge blowouts as we've seen against other opponents. Um, I, I do think that that could happen again here on on Saturday, but this is a series that Penn State's dominated all the time. 30-2, and two, winners are the last 15, 8-0 eight and, eight and under James Franklin, never allowed more than 10 points to Rutgers under James Franklin, including not, and no more than 7 points in each of the last 7 matchups. They're outscoring the Scarred Knights, I believe, uh, somewhere to the tune of 26-4 to four on average over the last uh, 7 games. So I, I do not see Rutgers winning that this game in any way. Let's get that out of the way right now. And in our original recording, neither did Anthony nor Marty. Uh, Anthony, I believe, had about 38-14. Marty uh, was right around there. I think he was saying Rutgers uh, was going to get three points. And I had Rutgers uh, get a nine. So 38-9, 38-14 um, is Anthony's score prediction that Marty, I believe, was a 35 or 38 to 3. So we're right all around that 35, 38 point range for Penn State's offense here, which seems like a pretty good number. Uh, and uh, based off what we've seen out of them this year and what the Rutgers defense has done this year, Rutgers defense. Um, Against their better opponents, has struggled. They've given they gave up uh, 450 plus yards to Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. All three of those games, of course, being losses. Um, but against the other opponents on their schedule, they've actually done a pretty good job. But I do think the Penn State offense is much closer to uh, Ohio State and Michigan here than they are to the likes of Iowa, Nebraska, Indiana, Boston College. Um, Talking about some key players here for the Scarlet Knights. At quarterback, Gavin Wimstead is probably going to be the starter. He didn't start much at the beginning of the season, but he has been the starter each of the last two weeks. Against Michigan two weeks ago, he had a, a tough start. He threw three interceptions, uh, completion percentage about 48%. Last week, though, against Michigan State, he, he was solid. 20 for 34, 236 yards, and two touchdowns to no interceptions. Uh, the Scarlet Knights still believe that Wimsack can be a player for them in the future, uh, and this is going to be a big game for him. He's going up against one of the better defenses and one of the best secondaries in the country. It'll be a very good test for him. Um, but I, for Rutgers, him finishing the season strong is going to be huge for them as they try to build momentum into next season. Beyond that, uh, running back Kyle Manangai, Manangai, not sure how to pronounce that, my apologies. Uh, he'll be their leading lead uh, running back. Uh, he has 90 carries on the year for 391 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, freshman running back Samuel Brown, teammate of Penn State linebacker Abdul Carter in high school at LaSalle outside of Philadelphia, uh, went down with a foot injury last month and, and is uh, out for the season. He was off to a solid beginning of his Collegiate career, 86 carries for 374 yards and three touchdowns. But they will be without him. Uh, Johnny Langan, a tight end, is named to know. He can, he's a little bit of a do-it-all uh, type guy. Think about how Penn State used to run the Lion with Tommy Stevens back in the day. Uh, Langan has forty, uh, sorry, 30 carries for 139 yards and a touchdown, but also has 26 receptions for 251 yards and a touchdown at tight end. Wide receiver Aaron Kushank uh, is uh, the biggest playmaker on offense. 40 receptions, 362 yards, and two touchdowns. There's also wide receiver Sean Ryan, who has 22 receptions, 348 yards, and three touchdowns. Defensively, you're looking at Deion Jennings, linebacker, as their most consistent player, their best playmaker. He has 75 tackles this season. Um, Christian Braswell, defensive back out of, uh, originally at Temple, transferred to Rutgers, has had a very good season so far, 30, uh, 30 tackles. 
five pass deflections, three interceptions, including one return for a touchdown. Going back to Jennings, uh, Jennings also leads uh, the Scarlet Knights with what I believe is five and a half tackles for a loss this season. Beyond Jennings, other names to know include uh, defense back Christian Isian, who has 70 tackles and five tackles for a loss and one and a half sacks, as well as four pass deflections. Uh, defense back Avery Young is sawed as well. Uh, he has 64 tackles, one interception, four pass deflections. Um, defensive lineman Aaron Lewis is somebody that Rutgers is very high on. Uh, he has... 50 tackles, six and a half tackles for a loss. So sorry, he's actually the team leader in tackles for a loss with six and a half, but and one sack. Uh, but he's been described as a freak, and he may not have the biggest numbers this year, but as somebody Rutgers definitely believes could have a big 2023. And then as well as defensive lineman Wesley Bailey, maybe not a guy who's going to have the biggest impact on Saturday's game, but another guy that Rutgers is very high on and believes can have a big impact on their future on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, those are the key players, really, to know defensively for Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights overall do have a good run defense, as I said before. Just a lot of 134.4 rushing yards per game this season. Uh, they did struggle against the likes of Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, all allowing 197-plus uh, yards in those games. So I do uh, think that Penn State should probably be in that range on Saturday uh, if we're looking and trying to compare them to other opponents that Rutgers have played this year. But against the, the weaker opponents, Rutgers' run defense has been very good. Uh, they, they've only allowed 100-plus yards to one other opponent, that being Iowa. And beyond that, they've allowed 19, 29, 49, 62, and 72. Uh, so uh, this Rutgers' run defense is what you probably expect. Against better opponents, they're going to struggle. But against um, your more middle to lower tier opponents, they're going to have a pretty good day. The pass defense is solid. They've only allowed uh, 200 plus yards in five games this year. The most they've allowed is 283 yards. Uh, allowed 256 to Michigan State last week, but against Ohio State earlier this year, only allowed 161. Uh, and against Michigan, they only allowed 151. I do think Penn State's going to have their success through the air in this game, but this is going to be a quality matchup for uh, Rutgers in terms of I don't think that any lines wide receiver room has the depth of maybe an Ohio State wide receiver room. I don't think the quarterback play is to the level of an Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, so I think Rutgers may be able to have success in stopping the, the passing game for Penn State quite a bit. But I do think Penn State's going to pick up their fair share of passing yards in this game. I, I think Penn State probably gets around that 200-yard mark at least in this game. It's going to come down to if Sean Clifford can limit his mistakes, and not just the interception, but the missed opportunities. But that's really what we've been saying all season. This Penn State offense will go as far as Sean Clifford takes them. Uh, if one player holds them back, it sometimes probably leans more towards Clifford than anybody else this year because the offensive line play has been so consistent in the pass protection and the run game has been overly solid. Um, so I, I, it, of course, will come down to Clifford and his overall level of play. If Clifford's able to go out and have a good day, I think Penn State cruises to victory here. If Clifford goes out and has a tough day, this may be a little bit closer than Penn State would like it to be for the majority of the game before probably pulling away later in the game. 
But overall, I do think Penn State wins this game, as we mentioned. I, I just think there's too many playmakers on this Penn State offense and defense to lose this game. Penn State could come out and play a, a C-minus or a D-plus game and probably still win by multiple scores. Um, I just don't see Rutgers having enough playmakers on the offensive side of the ball to really put up anywhere near the amount of points they'll need to win this game. I do think for Penn State, if you want to turn, talk about magic numbers to win this game, I think it's pretty a pretty low number overall. I think uh, 17 points would win this game for Penn State. I just don't see Rutgers offense scoring more than 14 points, and that's including a a, a garbage time touchdown. I don't think the start, Penn State starting defense is going to allow much um, out of this Rutgers offense. So I, I think you're looking at maximum Rutgers putting up about 14 points. So I think 17 points for Penn State wins this game. And I think the Nittany Lions eclipse that mark and probably score upwards of uh, 28 to 38 points in this game uh, as they've been around there most of the season. Uh, I do expect them to rely heavily on the run game if Rutgers gives them the ability to do so much like we saw last week against Maryland, even though the weather should be better for this game in Piscataway on Saturday afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Kickoff, of course, is on the Big Ten Network. And then just overall, in terms of keys to victory for Penn State, it's pretty simple in my opinion. It's play in your play to yourself. Don't try to do too much in this game and just play your football. In this game, you try to get too uh, cocky, too too you know pretty in, in offense or defensive play calling. Uh, you, you're liable to get burned more than you want to, and it could. You don't want to give a team like Rutgers any sort of hope or momentum in this game. Not that I don't. Not that I think Rutgers is a good team, uh, but. This is a game where, as Anthony said in our original recording, this is this is kind of Rutgers Super Bowl. For Penn State, this is just another week. That you can ask James Franklin and the team if they treat it like every other week. They yes, they of course do. But you know, playing Rutgers doesn't bring the same juice of playing a Michigan, Ohio State, uh, a Michigan State, or even a, a Maryland. Uh, it, it just doesn't. Um, but I think if Penn State goes out there, just plays their game, plays smart football, mistake-free football, they're going to cruise to a victory in this one. I think this one is over by the end of the first half. Uh, so, yeah, give me Penn State 38. Give me Rutgers 9. I think all of Rutgers 9 points comes off field goals in this game. Uh, and I think this really, all, really overall is just a good game for Penn State to maybe get a lot out of their youth. Uh, you're going to burn some red shirts probably. Um, sorry, you're going to burn a red shirt probably in Drew Shelton, assuming Alu Fushana does not play. Joey Porter Jr. is not expected, I think, to return this week. I'd be a little surprised if he did. Uh, Curtis Jacobs, I think, will likely be out there Saturday. Um, but with Drew Shelton playing, and you still have some wiggle room for the other uh, freshmen who haven't burned their red shirts, this is a good game to get them out there and get some experience in some Big Ten football. Because like I said, I think this game is over by halftime. And then in the second half, you can go towards that youth movement. Including at quarterback with, with Drew Aller. I, I think getting Drew as much snaps as possible in this game is going to be big. Last week, they wanted to get him some playing time. But a, a long drive by Maryland really cut into Drew's playing time. And then they handed it off to Christian Veyu later in the game, which is fine. Uh, you obviously get that. But, uh, yeah, give me Penn State to win this one. Easily give me Penn State to cover that 19-point spread. And I will take uh, the over because I, I do think Rutgers will get some points here. Uh, but I think Penn State gets that 38-point mark. And uh, it, won't, it won't take much to hit that over of 45. 
Uh, but yeah, with that, everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of the Penn State 365 Podcast. My name is Don't Count Crowley. Uh, you can find me over at Ninny Nation on the Rivals Network, PennState.Rivals.com. You can also find myself on Twitter at, at Dylan underscore Rivals PRZ. Uh, you can find uh, the podcast at PSU365. And you can find Ninny Nation on Twitter at Penn State Rivals. Um, until next time, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy one of the final weeks of the college football regular season. And we'll talk to you either on Sunday night or Monday to discuss Penn State's game against Rutgers. And uh, we'll also see what the men's basketball program is gets done this weekend in the Charleston Classic as they take on Virginia Tech on Sunday. And I believe have at least one more game after that, win or lose. Uh, sorry. Virginia Tech on Friday at noon, and then at least one game after that, win or lose Friday. Uh, But until next time, everybody, have a good one. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.